0: Ghost of a Nelson Mandela coming to you from beyond the grave to bring you Nelson Mandela's ghostly Thanks. Oh my God! This has happened before. I remember this telephone call. Who is this? Nelson, it's me. You. What? I'm sorry. That was very confusing. This is you. Me. What the hell are you talking about? Nelson, you've been waiting 32 years for this telephone to ring. How do you know that? Because I am you! Oh, for God's sake, Robert! I've had enough of your tricks! Vickers! Vickers! Check the line! No, Nelson! Wait! I'm not Robert Mugabe! I'm you, Nelson Mandela! Robert! You're not fooling anyone! I'm not fooling for another one of your tricks! I suppose you want to convince me that I'm you! You are me! Aha! I knew it, Robert! No, Nelson! You're not Robert Mugabe either! What? Nelson! You're Nelson! And so am I! I'm calling from the future! That's ridiculous! Wishy-washy nonsense! I will not believe you! I can prove it! Do you remember that night in Taipei? I have never told anyone about what happened in Taipei. And you never will! Huh? I, I don't believe it! You know I'm telling the truth! It can't be! It's impossible! I remember the smell. Ugh, Taiwan is a dirty, dirty country. Yes, it is. So, do you believe me now? I have to. So, you're me? From the future? That's right! I'm sorry, my friends. Let me introduce you to a very good friend of mine, President Nelson Mandela, from the year 1994. Huh? Who are you talking to? Oh, ignore me. Uh okay. So, how have you been? Hello? Are you still there? Hello? Oh, uh, you you said to ignore you. I didn't mean literally. Oh, I do apologize. It's okay. How have you been? I'll be honest. I'm pretty confused, Nelson. I'll bet you are. And saw so my friends listening in. Now, my friends, I know what you're thinking. What the hell is going on? Well, let me tell you, I was in the seer's tent. When I reached out my hand and touched the lid of the chest, it was so cold it burned my hand with its chilly frost. Ah! Oh! The wind outside the tent took off shaking the tent violently. I opened the lid, and inside was a telephone. The wind calmed down and the tent stopped shaking. I stood there for a moment, feeling quite unsure, and finally lifted the telephone out of the chest. It looked old, and I held it carefully in front of myself. I felt an uncontrollable urge to lift the receiver despite the fact that there were no wires connecting the telephone to a telephone socket. I mean, I was in a tent for God's sake. I placed my hand on the receiver and it immediately began to ring. I was very confused indeed and the telephone rang for some time before I answered. Hello? Please choose the required date. What? I heard a strange voice at the other end of the telephone. Please choose the required date. What the? Please choose the required date. Okay. Okay. I heard you the first time. I was bemused and looked around the tent and noticed a calendar on the wall in front of me. I hadn't noticed it before. Had it been there all along? I don't know. But I do know that my eyes were immediately drawn to it. May 1994. Fuck the hell. Don't forget my friends, the year was 1962, and I was staring at a calendar from 32 years in the future. There was a day circled in red marker pen, the 10th of May, 1994. That's today. That's right. You know, if you had recorded this level of detail before, I would have believed you straight away. I said the same thing to myself when he told me. Please choose the required date. It could not have been a coincidence. So I dialed the date into the telephone. One. Zero. Zero. Five. One. Nine. 9.4 9 4 You have selected 10th May 19 The telephone cut off and I stood there wondering what the hell just happened. The telephone remained in my possession right until I was apprehended at Lily's Life Farm when I returned to South Africa. I was buzzing as a chauffeur when I was stopped at a roadblock by police in the eastern city of Japan in 1962. Do not move or I will shoot you! I quickly turned to the passenger seat and hid the telephone inside my camel, giving it specific instructions to give the telephone to my then wife, Winnie. Now, Mr. Camel, do not give this telephone anyone except my wife. Do you understand? I took this to mean yes. However, I am not in the business of taking chances. So, I also wrote my wife a letter and hid it inside my horse. Dear Winner, I hope this horse finds you well. The telephone is inside the camel, Love Nelson. It galloped away towards the farm as soon as I deposited the letter, but then I thought, what if the poor horse gets lost or raped? So, I drew a map, and I was about to swallow it when I was dragged at the cow and hit on the back of the head with the butt of a rifle, and I hit the ground hard. <laughs> Do not move, or I will hack off your limbs with a machete. Hakim, fetch the machete. Yes sir, I have the machetes here. Which one would you like? May I recommend the one with the ivory handle? What an excellent choice! Do not move! I lay on the ground with my hands behind my head, face down in the dirt. The soldiers began to search the car, and my comrades were round up on their knees in a line along the side of the road. All seemed lost, and I was convinced that the soldiers would execute me. I closed my eyes and took a deep breath, and accepted that I had come to the end of my journey. I opened my eyes, and suddenly I saw a tiny field mouse playing a tiny piano beside me. I watched as each of my comrades was executed, each of them shot in the head. Hello, Mr. Mouse, I whispered. Who are you talking to? Uh, No one. If I give you a peppermint, will you take this map to my wife? The tiny little mouse stood there for a moment, staring into my eyes. I saw the desperation in my own eyes reflected in the eyes of that little mouse. And just for a moment, the world seemed to stop. Oh, thank you! The little mouse took the map from my hand and scampered away, disappearing into the tall grass. I watched him go before being knocked unconscious by one of the soldiers. Never before in my life had my fate rested so completely outside of my control. For my plan to work, all manner of beasts needed to play their part the mouse, the horse, the camel, and my wife. I don't know how that little mouse did it, but eventually, three years later, in the summer of 1965, a year after I had been moved to Robin Island, the little mouse found its way to my wife. I can only imagine the hardship it endured, as no sooner did it hand my wife the map, it died, and his story died with him. Once Winnie got hold of the map, it didn't take her long to find the horse. The horse was living at the stables at Lily's Leaf Farm, and once Winnie found it, she quickly retrieved the letter I had hidden inside it. Once the letter had dried out, she knew to look for the camel, but not where. Now, unbeknownst to me, whilst I was being detained at gunpoint, my camel snuck out the back of the car and started to head southwest, making its way back to Cape Town. As you know, Umkonto Weseswe had begun to train animals in February of 1962 to transport messages covertly between different groups of militants. The thinking behind this endeavor was that the enemy would never expect a camel, but now, as we all know, camels are not particularly adept at evading capture by government forces. So I assumed that my camel had been caught and killed long before my release and with it, any hope of seeing the telephone again. However, this camel was no ordinary camel. It was able to masquerade as a Ugandan silk merchant and successfully remained undercover for a further two years until it found its way back to my family home. Initially, Queenie was very reluctant to let a Ugandan self-merchant into her home, especially whilst her husband was in prison. Go away! Luckily, upon arrival, it spoke the secret passphrase. <coughs> the camel had completed its mission, and once it had forced the telephone out, brutally disemboweling itself in the process, the telephone was safe at last. By some stroke of luck, perhaps fate, she kept the telephone safe for all those years. 27 long years. And when I finally returned home, it was sat on my desk in my office, waiting for me. I had tried on. Nelson, I'm telling the story, not you. Oh, sorry. I had tried on many occasions to use the telephone, but whenever I picked up the receiver, nothing. So there it sat, always on my desk, waiting to ring, until the day I took office as the president of South Africa, when the telephone finally rang. Nelson, that is today. I know. You've waited 32 years for this telephone call, and I've waited much, much longer. How long have you been waiting? I honestly don't know. What do you mean you don't know? What year is it? I don't know. My God! What kind of dystopian future awaits me? Why don't you know what date it is? Has there been another great war? Nelson, it's not like that. It's pretty hard to explain. Ugh, this time phone business is confusing. What can you tell me about the future? One, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm dead. You're dead? That's right. I'm a spooky ghost. So that's why you don't know what year it is. Pretty much. I exist beyond time, my friend. This is not the conversation I expected when I picked up this telephone. How so? I'm speaking to my own ghost. Oh, God. I don't want to die. Jesus. He's not here. What? Oh, uh, nothing. Listen, I'm sorry, Nelson, but you are going to die. Well... I assumed I would, but how are we able to speak? The seer! He gave us this telephone and he said it was a gift! I found it here when I got here! It's my chance to warn you, Nelson! Warn me about what? What the hell happens to me? (sighs) Pfft, a lot. Can you be more specific? Whisper your dirty secrets. Erm, there's a few things I need to tell you, Nelson. The things he told me. Who? You, uh, me. Oh. I wish Grasher was here. Who's Grasher? Oh, she's your next wife. My next wife? She's lovely. You're going to be very happy together. Nelson, I... Two. Winnie is going to divorce you in two years. What? Why? Three. Nelson, wait. You're going too fast. Nelson, just write down what I'm saying. Three. Wait. I need to get a pen and paper. Are you ready? Yes, go ahead. Three! No, repeat one and two. Really? You need me to repeat them? Yes! One, I'm talking to you from beyond the grave. I'm a ghost. Two, Quinny divorces you in two years. Why does she leave? I thought she loved me. Uh, I don't know. You become suspicious of her, and you'll have an argument tonight. You mention Grasha once or twice over the next few weeks, and she gets all jealous. Things get weird, and it sort of goes downhill from there. I can't believe she'd do this to me. Are you writing this down? Oh, yes. Hold on. Ghost. Divorce. Okay, go on. Three. Focus your efforts on achieving racial reconciliation. Believe me, South Africa, in fact the whole world needs it. And you will set an example for others to follow regardless of their race. Racial reconciliation. Got it. Nelson? Yes? What's heaven like? Um, it's nice. Listen, Nelson. There's one more thing I have to tell you! What is it? It's the most important instruction I bring you from beyond the grave! Go on. You must only serve one term as president. What? Why? When you have fulfilled your oath of office, you must go on a quest. A quest? Yes. You must return to Egypt. Egypt? Why the hell would I want to go back there? You know why! No! Yes! You must return and discover the secrets of the pharaohs. Nelson, I... Oh God, it's coming for me. What is? There's no time. Nelson, what was that? I have to go now. Nelson, wait. How and when do I die? Nelson, I don't have time. But stay away from New York and 9-11! What the hell is 9-11? I don't have time to explain that to you now! Nelson, please! Not telling yourselves a higher purpose, my friend. Go to the pyramids! Seek out the truth! Nelson, wait! Wait! Oh no! Nelson? Nelson!